Welcome to Health Essentials, a Cleveland Clinic podcast. There's so much health advice floating around, online, among friends, but who can you really trust? Trust the experts. Listen to the world's brightest medical minds, our very own Cleveland Clinic experts. We ask them real questions, tough and intimate health questions, and we get real answers, all originally recorded live. Hello, and thank you for joining us today. I'm your host, Nada Youssef. Today we have Dr. Imad Estamalik regarding headache. Before we start, please remember that this does not in any way replace your own physician's advice. Thank you so much for coming in today. Nada, thank you very much for having me. I'm very happy to be here. Again, my name is Imad Estamalik. I'm one of the physicians in the headache section, uh, part of the Center for Neurologic Restoration at the Cleveland Clinic. Um, I completed both my residency and fellowship here at the Cleveland Clinic and currently I'm the section head for headache medicine, and again, very happy to be with you. Thank you, thank you so much. Okay, well, there, there's a lot of questions already coming in. Um, we got through the promotion here, so let's start with uh, Tony, uh, Tania Ann. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's been dealing with migraine headaches for many years, and nothing seems to help. Uh, I've seen two neurologists through Cleveland Clinic. I had Botox once, therapy, and many different medications. What is the next step to do? Well. This is, this is um, a typical scenario we see a lot. We see a lot of patients that come, they've had migraines for years, they've had headaches for years. It is very important often to kind of dig deep into the history and see if there's anything else that could be contributing to the frequency of this headache. Typically, we look for things like uh, uh, the, uh, overusing certain over-the-counter painkillers. Migraineurs, for instance, who tend to use uh, too much over-the-counter painkillers or any sort of painkiller, Uh, are at risk of developing more and more headaches. That's something to look for. Uh, Underlying sleep disorders, for instance, we know that sleep deprivation or sleep issues can also contribute to a high frequency uh, of headaches. Uh, It's very often, uh, it's very important also to screen for psychiatric symptoms. Mm -hmm. Is there depression? Is there anxiety? Again, uh, these need to be addressed as well. With when, when patients have a high frequency of headaches, the challenge is finding the right preventive strategy for these patients, and that can vary. It could be medication, it could be uh, um, uh, different approaches, uh, it could be procedures like Botox. So it would be important, uh, again, to get a thorough history and to find out if there's anything else that has been addressed. Great. Thank you. Okay, and we got on to the next one here. We got Katie. Uh, what should you avoid? Uh, food and medications if you have migraines and see black spots? That's an excellent question. So when, uh, uh, when we hear black spots or any sort of visual changes with migraines, this is typically what's, uh, what we define as auras. So auras are as uh, uh, part of a migraine. Not every migraineer gets that, but it can present as black spots. It can present as zigzag lines. Some patients will uh, uh, even describe peripheral vision loss, sensory changes. Um, and this is all part of the migraine cascade. Uh, typically, when it comes to food uh, or diet, what we always recommend is avoiding things with MSG, which is monosodium glutamate or nitric oxide. Uh, this is crucial. Typical food that have these things are, for instance, Chinese food, mm-hmm. Doritos, ramen noodles, uh, H cheeses, uh, red wine, for instance, is also an offender, mm-hmm. too much caffeine. So there's a big list that we usually uh, look at. Uh, again, and I just mentioned that in the first question, also as a migrainer for, uh, for, uh, for her, would also, it would also be important to uh, avoid uh, uh, too much over-the-counter painkillers mm-hmm. so these auras and the migraines don't increase in frequency. 
a simple over-the-counter strategy to reduce these auras or the black spots would uh, would be to take daily magnesium, for instance. So a dose of magnesium of four to five hundred milligram can protect against these auras. And we often advise patients actually to also take an extra magnesium when these black spots or these auras occur. So there's one simple strategy where you don't need a prescription for that. Now, with magnesium, you always watch out for side effects like diarrhea, mm -hmm. but typically a lot of patients uh, report uh, benefit from just doing that. Oh, great, great information, thank you. And we have Michael. Um, how can you tell the difference between a migraine and a severe sinus headache? So. Again, this is also a good question. When we talk about sinus headaches, uh, and we've seen a few studies that actually uh, looked in retrospect of what patient used to describe or say, uh, I used to have sinus headaches. Mm -hmm. Sinus headaches are often migraines that were undiagnosed. Oh. It doesn't mention that sinus issues don't cause headaches. Mm -hmm. You can actually have sinusitis or sinus headaches, uh, or, uh, sorry, or sinus problems that give you a headache. But it's very important to, uh, uh, to determine are these headaches related to sinuses or are there migraines uh, that presenting like uh, uh, sinus problems. Sure. Migraines can present with frontal pressure or some autonomic symptoms like runny nose or, or, uh, or nausea or lighter sound sensitivity, which patients sometimes get when they have sinus mm -hmm. issues. Now, typically with sinus infections, uh, and this is something uh, uh, you know, primary care physicians see a lot or ENT physicians see a lot, there are some other symptoms that, that makes that distinct post-nasal discharge, uh, uh, fever. So there are signs of a sinus infections. So it is important to understand that often migraines are labeled as sinus headaches when they're actually migraines. Um, so it is always important to, to address this headache just as a migraine and find sure. the right strategy for it. Great, excellent. Um, I have Steve. Um, how long should you go with a headache before going to the hospital? Well, again, that's, that's also a good question. Typically, uh, we see that often that patients end up in emergency room because of headaches. Now, we advise our patients not to go to the emergency room, okay. patients that we have seen, unless there's something uh, out, out of the ordinary or something neurologic that is concerning. Typically, a headache can be, if, if, if somebody's already established, for instance, with us or a physician, there are simple measures that uh, they can contact their healthcare provider for and they will receive. For instance, a simple steroid pack or a medrol pack. There are certain medications we can send to try to break a headache cycle. Mm -hmm. At the Cleveland Clinic's uh, headache department uh, uh, here, we operate an infusion suite, for instance, where patients with a status migranosis, that means a headache that has not subsided in a few days where patients thought, should we go to the emergency room or not, mm -hmm. We, they can contact us if they're already our patients. We bring them in for one to two days in, of infusions as an outpatient, and the headaches usually improve dramatically with this kind of approach. Okay. In general, ED visits for headaches are unnecessary unless there is another concern, for instance, a stroke or a bleed, which would manifest differently than just a headache. Now, uh, we advise all patients, and not just the ones who have headaches or not, that if they're experiencing a headache that seems to be very different or what they would call the worst headache of my life. Mm -hmm. That's something to take seriously and that is, uh, that is uh, a situation where yes, uh, a hospital visit would be appropriate. Great, great, thank you. Um, and I have uh, Lila. Um, are sharp pains in the head anything to worry about beyond normal dull throbbing headaches? Sharp pains in the head are not uncommon. There is an ICHD3 diagnosis uh, labels that as primary stabbing mm -hmm. headaches. These are distinct, uh, uh, oh, sorry, discrete stabbing sensations that can occur sporadically in the head. However, uh, 
if this is the first time occurrence, this always warrants uh, an evaluation by a headache specialist or a neurologist. Okay. Occasionally, stabbing headaches in the head can be a sign of a secondary uh, uh, headache disorder, okay. an aneurysm uh, uh, or, or, or other conditions. So it all, this is something that always needs to be worked up before labeling, labeling it as a simple primary stabbing headache. Mm -hmm. uh, and if the right, mm -hmm. uh, if, uh, the right workup has been uh, accomplished via brain imaging and all, everything comes back normal. This is not uncommon to have these kind of sen uh, stabbing sensations in the head. Mm -hmm. And in fact, a lot of migraineurs will have stabbing sensations on top of their migraines wow. as well. Yeah. Okay. Um, and we have Kara. Any specific part of the head more worrisome for headaches than others? It is not the location of the headache that often worries us. It <clears throat> is what causes a headache to occur, to emerge, or to worsen. What we typically look for in terms of determining is this a secondary headache, which means a concerning headache or not, mm -hmm. is what brings it on. Red, we call those red flags or, or things to look out for. If headaches worsen uh, when patients lay down, this is a red flag. If headaches worsen when you cough, you sneeze, when you go to the restroom, you strain or you bend down, mm -hmm. these, are, uh, uh, this is, the, these signs can be concerning. So it is more the triggering factors or what brings the headache on rather than the location. So that is what I would always look for, and this is what we often screen. Very good, very good. Um, we have Kaylee. Um, how much do weather changes affect migraines? Weather changes, uh, uh, so that, again, this is a very good, cha uh, very, very good question, uh, and this comes down to the uh, uh, trigger factors for migraines. Weather changes comes uh, on top of that list, and what we typically refer to is the barometric changes uh, or, the, uh, or the pressure changes with weather. It's not always that it's cold or it's hot that will lead to a headache or a migraine. It's the sudden decrease or change in barometric pressure. Mm -hmm. For instance, today we're at 68. A few days ago, we were close to 80 right. degrees Fahrenheit. Mm -hmm. So it is that sudden drop that can bring these migraines on. So this is one of the factors we often cannot modify. Uh, other factors that we can are, that, like we already talked about, are the diet uh, changes that can affect migraines, the hormonal changes in women with the right oral contraceptives, for instance, that also has, uh, has, uh, has uh, uh, a great impact when that's controlled. Barometric pressure is something we really struggle to, uh, sure. to kind of get under control. Especially in Cleveland. Yeah. Yeah. Especially in Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then we have uh, Nora. Um, is it true that Botox can help your migraines? Correct. So Botox is an FDA-approved Procedure. It has been on the market for several years now, and it is uh, uh, it is uh, it is of great benefit to uh, migraine patients. It is not our first choice. Usually, we uh, typically want to try different migraine preventives first before mm -hmm. going to Botox. However, when certain drugs or other medications have failed, we will then move to uh, 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 Botox injections. It is a very simple procedure. It's done as an outpatient. It's done every ninety days. There are several muscle groups that we inject. We inject in the front of the head, the corrugator, the procerus, the frontalis muscle. We inject the temporalis on each side of the head, and we inject the neck and the back of the head. Again, done every 90 days, very safe. Uh, there are a few, few uh, medical conditions like ALS or mythenia gravis where we wouldn't do mm -hmm. Botox. Also, it is not indicated if a woman is pregnant. Other than these uh, uh, scenarios, it is very safe and it's, 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 it, it has given a lot of people uh, a lot of relief. Excellent. Yeah. Great. Um, let's go to Jennifer. Um, how would you treat, I'm going to butcher this, trigem yeah. trigeminal neuralgia? Yes, okay. thank you. <laughs> so uh, speaking of trigeminal neuralgia, we operate a very unique service line at the Cleveland Clinic as well that deals with uh, 
that deals uh, with patients with uh, facial pain or trigeminal neuralgia. The unique thing about it is it is a multidisciplinary approach here where patients will see uh, a headache specialist of us and a neurosurgeon okay. as well to determine the best approach for, uh, for this condition. Trigeminal neuralgia is, uh, is sort of a, a disorder that can affect anybody, but it mostly affects people in their 50s, 60s, or 70s. Uh, it is a very serious condition that needs the right workup immediately. Mm -hmm. In young patients that develop trigeminal neuralgia, we worry about things like uh, multiple sclerosis. In elderly, we worry about things like brain tumors, mm -hmm. since they can present like that as well. Uh, the typical presentation for trigeminal neuralgia, it is on one side of the face, it is usually around the mouth or uh, at the side of the cheeks, and patients, it is a very classic presentation of stabbing, electric-like, mm -hmm. paroxysmal attacks uh, that, uh, that can come in clusters, extremely severe, very severe, it's one of the worst uh, pain uh, complaints uh, we hear about. Uh, it is typically aggravated by chewing, eating, teeth brushing, or any mechanical movement of the jaw. Yeah. Um, again, it is a condition we take very, very seriously. Uh, it requires immediate brain imaging, uh, blood work, and, uh, uh, and very aggressive treatment. Uh, it has distinct uh, treatment modalities. Again, uh, there are certain medications that we can use, certain seizure meds, certain uh, uh, skeletal muscle relaxant, antidepressants. Uh, and then it has a surgical approach as well, um, and therefore uh, uh, we work very closely with our colleagues in neurosurgery mm -hmm. because uh, there are some procedures and some surgeries that have uh, that provide great benefit to these patients. Unfortunately, trigeminal neuralgia is a condition uh, for life, mm -hmm. so patients uh, uh, will struggle with this usually for many, many years. Um, our goal is always to delay any surgical intervention as much as possible. Mm -hmm. uh, and again, it is, uh, mm -hmm. it is uh, a condition that um, if any patient presents with that or any, any, any patient has sudden face pain of that nature, they need to speak to a neurologist or a headache specialist right away. Okay, thank you. Um, we have Darlene. Uh, my last two MRIs have shown a lot of white matter on the brain. Yeah. What can this mean? So this is... Uh, again, not uncommon. And uh, when patients refer to white areas in the brain, some patients refer to dead spots in the brain as well. The majority of cases uh, with what we call, or the correct scientific term is white matter hyperintensities, is not of concern. There are conditions where white matter hyperintensities or white matter spots in the brain can be of concern, and this is where we evaluate this, uh, the brain imaging. Uh, if they're in certain areas uh, uh, of the brain, it, is, it can be concerning for uh, multiple sclerosis, for instance. But again, we make that determination when we look at the uh, brain MRI. But we see a lot of patients with uh, white matter hyperintensities, again, white spots, that are not concerning. Okay, great. Um, we have um, Connie. I have migraines. My doctor gives me phrenolin. One capsule. Yep. Okay, yep. sorry about that. One capsule a day, which <laughs> yeah. is often ineffective in yeah. managing the pain, especially yeah. when it lasts several days. Yeah. Are there other options? So, first of all, uh, thanks, Connie, for asking this question. Furanol and Furoset are two uh, drugs that have botulbital, and these are drugs we do not recommend for headache. Okay. The reason for that is we looked at these drugs uh, several years ago, and in in, uh, it, it was a study conducted that looked at narcotics, Furoset, and Furanol. And there was very strong evidence that the consumption of, uh, uh, of either narcotics or betalbital containing substance like that put patients at risk of more headaches or, mm -hmm. uh, or more migraines specifically 
and we call that medication overuse headache or rebound headaches. So we don't recommend uh, either of those for the treatment of any headache disorder. Typically, the way to abort a migraine um, are via uh, uh, two, uh, uh, two classes of uh, drugs, either what the triptans, which are things like sumatriptan, rizatriptan, uh, uh, there's uh, uh, several triptans out there on the market. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, patients know them as Imitrex, Maxalt, Relpex, etc. Uh, and then there's the DHE, the dihydroergotamine, and there are different forms that can be used uh, uh, as well for, uh, for uh, to avoid a migraine or a headache. Again, uh, these two are very, very effective. Uh, good non-steroidal anti-inflammatory drugs, things like Cataflam, uh, Aleve or so can also be of benefit. But typically our first choice would be something like a triptan. Yeah. Uh, I would I would not recommend uh, uh, to use furanol or furacet. Okay, good to know. Thank you. And then jumping over to Kyle, um, I often get headaches on the left side of my head. Yeah. When I've gone through massage therapy, mm -hmm. the headaches go away. What can I do to prevent those types of headaches? Uh, so again, uh, I would need more information to really make a determination. Mm -hmm. One-sided headaches uh, can, can mean different things. Mm -hmm. So the question is, are the headaches continuous or not? Do they come and go or not? What is the duration of, uh, of these headaches? When we talk about what we call unilateral or one-sided headaches, uh, there's a distinct family of headache disorders called the TACs or the trigeminal autonomic cephalgias. And they have four distinct headaches. One's called cluster headache. We see that often in men. Uh, classic for that are headache attacks that comes around certain seasons. They last 15 to 180 minutes. Very severe, very sharp. Uh, uh, patients that uh, patients often call that the suicide headache because it's really, really a very severe headache. Mm -hmm. uh, the three others are uh, something called hemicrania continua. It's a type of a one-sided headache where patients will have pain on one side of their head 24 hours, it doesn't go away, and they get sharp attacks on top of that as well. They'll get a runny nose, they'll get a teary eye on top of that sometimes too. Then uh, uh, there is another, a third one called paroxysmal hemicrania, similar to hemicrania continua, where patients will get shorter attacks, but they're pain-free in between. And then a fourth one in that family, which is also one-sided only, it's a rare headache disorder. Uh, it's called, uh, uh, the abbreviation is Sunctinsuna, so they're short-lasting neurologiform attacks with conjunctival injections. Patients will have seconds of, of, of severe headaches on one side of their head with teary eyes and runny, uh, runny nose. Uh, One-sided headaches require an evaluation by a neurologist or a headache specialist just to make sure there's, again, nothing else going on. Sure, yeah. sure. Okay, and then I have Bridget. She's asking about relieving headaches during pregnancy. Uh, again, that's a very, very good question as well. So typically, the good news about pregnancy is migraines tend to improve during the second and third trimester. So pregnancy is actually associated with a decrease in headache frequency. The reason for that is the steady level of hormones uh, that you have in pregnancy. Headaches towards the third trimester or towards the end of the third trimester should be taken very seriously, mm -hmm. especially if they're associated with uh, 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 eye issues like blurry visions or edema, because sometimes that can be a sign of a condition called preeclampsia. Mm -hmm. And our uh, colleagues in, OB, uh, uh, in the OB uh, uh, section will always screen for that as well. Mm -hmm. We ask any pregnant woman to uh, uh, not to use any of the migraine abortives that we, use, uh, that we recommend for, uh, for patients that are non-pregnant. So it's often safe to use Tylenol. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes NSAIDs can be used with the, uh, with the approval of the uh, uh, obstetrician as well. But typically, again, migraines tend to improve in the second or third trimester. If that's not the case, 
we typically see these patients to uh, make a better evaluations and discuss what more we can do, mm -hmm. but we then have to weigh all the options of uh, what classes of medications are we dealing with, because again, they, there are risk factors uh, in pregnancy sure. with any of the drugs. Sure. Yeah. Um, Susan, uh, can migraines cause you to go partially blind? So again, when I talked about auras, again, uh, this can happen, okay. uh, not, uh, not unheard of. So again, before a migraine patients can experience, like our first patient said, black dots, seeing zigzag lines. Sometimes patients will have preferred vision loss. Some patients will have a tunnel vision. Mm -hmm. So yes, that can occur as well. However, if this is the first presentation like that and it has never happened before, this is still something that should be evaluated thoroughly by a neurologist to, to see if there's anything else that could be causing that as well. Great. And then I have um, Samantha. Are there any particular types of headaches uh, or symptoms that could be a sign of traumatic brain injury? And how do I know if I have it after a trauma? So with traumatic brain injury, we often see uh, 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 other symptoms just besides headaches. And this is a topic of great interest to us here within the Neurologic Institute as well, just because of the impact of TBIs or concussions that it can have. We're seeing a lot of these symptoms in veterans that are coming back. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, this, is, this is, again, a, a, an area of great research. So what to look for? Headaches is definitely a sign of a TBI, and it is very, very common. But there are other things, things like uh, 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 behavioral changes. Mm -hmm. Is there depression going on? Is there anxiety? Is there, is there a mood component? Is there problems with cognition, concentration? Mm -hmm. uh, is there dizziness associated? So again, it's a wide variety of symptoms. We call that post-concussive syndrome. So it's, it, it, it goes beyond just having headaches. And this is, this is something, again, that would require uh, a whole team of physicians to approach uh, because of uh, uh, discrete natures of these symptoms. Sure. Great. Um, we have uh, Kay. Mm -hmm. How do you know if your headache is actually a migraine? Again, good question. Uh, if we talk about migraines, uh, a lot of patients think migra migraines only occur on one side. It doesn't have to be. It's one of the criteria that it, uh, it is one-sided, but migraines can, uh, uh, can occur on both sides. So what are typical features for migraine? Mm -hmm. Throbbing, severe. Uh, light and sound sensitivity, nausea, vomiting, and then the duration of the headache. So migraines last anywhere from four to 72 hours. So again, it's the duration, the associated features, and the nature of the headache and the severity. Okay, great. And again, back to migraines, just uh, for our uh, uh, viewers. Uh, migraines are very, very common in women. So uh, 16 to 18% of women, if not 20%, do have migraine disorders. Less common in men, so around 6 to 8% of men have mm -hmm. migraines. Yeah. Great. Um, let's see, I have time for two more questions here. I have Michelle. Can you have a, a nausea as a step one to a migraine, and um, are they linked? Yes. So again, nausea and vomiting are very, uh, 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 very strongly associated with migraines. And uh, very often, nausea medication uh, uh, can also abort not only the nausea, but also the migraine on oh, top of that as well. So very, very common that patients will have the associated nausea. Okay, yeah. great. Um, and then I have uh, Zuli. Mm -hmm. um, is a dose of 500 milligram aspirin okay to take for headaches? It is okay, again, as a migrainer. And a lot of, I, I hear from a lot of patients that this dose will work. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, we advise patients not to overuse any of the over-the-counter painkillers. Uh, uh, because of the uh, uh, tendency to develop rebound headaches or medication overuse headaches. So as long as they're not being used more than two or three times a week, it's absolutely fine to do that, unless there are you know, contraindications like gastric issues, stomach ulcers, or uh, 
uh, or any of these uh, disorders. Okay. And, uh, well, before I let you go, is there anything that you would like our viewers to know that maybe we haven't touched on? So, again, I'm, uh, I'm happy we had the chance to answer a lot of these questions. Uh, uh, headache is a very, very common uh, pain disorder, uh, and it is, uh, together with back pain, it is one of it is, uh, uh, the two most common pain disorders that neurologists, pain specialists see. Um, we always want our patients to recognize that, uh, yes, medication have a role, but uh, it, it often goes beyond medications as well. And we're very fortunate at the Cleveland Clinic's headache section uh, uh, to have, and we operate a, uh, a program here for patients that have had a long history of migraines, a long history of headaches, uh, where medications have not been the answer. Uh, it's called the IMATS program or the Interdisciplinary Method uh, for Treatment and Assessment of Daily Headaches. And uh, the unique thing about this program is that we not only utilize medications, procedures, and infusions, mm -hmm. but uh, there's uh, an extensive approach uh, with physical therapy, behavioral therapy, psychotherapy, relaxation techniques, biofeedback. Uh, the program's conducted uh, by physicians, uh, a psychologist, physical therapist, uh, nurses are involved, so it's, it's, uh, it's different types of care providers. Uh, it's a three-week program, and patients will often finish the program realizing that they're on, uh, th that they've improved and they are uh, part of a process where they're functionally going to get, get better as well. Often patients say, uh, we feel we've had our life back. So uh, mm -hmm. again, I urge patients to uh, read about this program on our website and uh, kind of learn about it because uh, it's a very, very unique uh, program that we have. Excellent. Thank you. Did Thank you, you did you see any spike in uh, patients after the solar eclipse? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I've been hearing a lot about uh, headaches after that. I heard of a few patients that had more headaches after the solar eclipse. Yeah. Uh, I know the American uh, uh, Ophthalmology Association had come up with recommendations not to look directly sure. into uh, the eclipse. Most of us were working, so we didn't have the time for that. <laughs> yeah. uh, but again, uh, we, we've seen a spike in headaches uh, this uh, summer, it's been a very interesting summer because of the sudden, again, change in barometric yeah. pressure. So one day we're 80, one day we're uh, in the 60s again. So uh, it, it, it's, it, yeah, it's been an interesting summer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has. Well, thank you so thank much you for much, coming Nada. out. Thank and um, again, for more health tips and news from Cleveland Clinic, make sure you follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and now we're also on Snapchat. Cleveland Clinic, one word. Thank you again for watching. We'll see you again. This concludes this Cleveland Clinic Health Essentials podcast. Thank you for listening. Join us again soon.